0: verse 1, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and it says this. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Come on, say it with me. To the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. It kind of reminds me that just one phrase, I'll make you. It reminds me of when Jesus told the disciples, I will make you fishers of men. God says, I'll make you, Abram, a great nation, which makes me think the making is God's responsibility. It's not my job to make something of myself. That's just a side note. That's not about the man. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful that you are good. God, that your love endures and your mercies endure forever. God, we find ourselves in a season, God, where we're, we're shaken. There's so many things that are unknown. There's so many fears lurking around every corner. But, God, you're with us. God, you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So, God, I pray over every single person, God, as they're sitting in their house right now, as they're, as they're tuning into this service, God, that you would meet them right where we are. God, we'll never be the same after this encounter with you. In Jesus' name we pray amen and amen and amen. Hey, I feel like I'm in church. Before you take your seat, can you high five two or three people? I was about to say two or three husbands or wives, but that would be really awkward. Just two or three people. If you don't have anybody to high five, high five yourself. Tell somebody God is good. God is good and he is good to me. Before I jump uh, into this message, how about Easter last week? Was that not amazing? I could not be more proud of our staff, of our volunteers that put so much work into creating an experience where we can encounter God even in the midst of everything being different. We had tens of thousands of people that were able to view the service last weekend. We had over 200 people that made a decision to put their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, this is what the song said, Well, the enemy meant for evil, God is turning into good. So many people are encountering God that honestly wouldn't be encountering God if we were still having service in our buildings. I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little bummed out that we weren't in the arena. If you remember, uh, we, we had rented out an arena and Easter was supposed to be in the arena and all that other good stuff. And I was like, man, that would have been so cool and it would have been so awesome. Well, here's the thing, we reach four times the amount of people through online service last week than we would have been able to reach if we were in the arena it's amazing how God will take a negative and turn it into an overwhelming victory we're jumping into a, a new uh, series of messages today that I'll talk about in a second but but the thought that crossed my mind is is this is what it must feel like to be shipwrecked on an island by yourself? I don't know if this is castaway, you know, or whatever it may be, but we are like in day 30 something of this stay at home order. And, and and I'll be honest with you I, I took it seriously from the beginning. I think when the NBA shut down and sporting events started to shut down, I think it really struck me, man, this is, this is serious. This is going to be a really big deal. I just never thought that it would take this long for things to kind of get back to normal. And, and, and I know I'm speaking so many, for so many introverts out there, but as an introvert, uh, I need to repent uh, to all you extroverts Because like two days in, all the people, people and extroverts, they were just like, yeah, I'm going to lose my mind. I can't be locked in my house. What are you doing? Us introverts were like, finally, it is illegal to come over my house. No, you're not invited. Get away from me. All this other kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, about two weeks in, this is turning me into an extrovert. I need a hug from somebody. Pray for me. I'm cracking up. It's been a lot, though. It's just been kind of an overwhelming uh, season, maybe even on a serious note. It's been a tragic season for some of you this week with, with a lot of the Dream Team. We were calling everybody in Destiny Church. By the way, that's why it's so important to fill out that connection card, because if you filled out a connection card, we're going to be reaching out to you. But I was making some of those phone calls today, and I was speaking to people that were saying, man, can you pray for me? I, I have a friend or a family member or a loved one who, who's battling his sickness in this season. There's so many of you that that have experienced, whether it's a job loss or a decrease in your income, and and it's just like, man, this is just a season where I feel like I'm rocked. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm on my heels. I feel like I'm kind of just fighting to keep my head above water. And for for some of you, your your finances are good. Your your faith is good. It's the mental kind of health type of deal, just the fear that is overwhelming you, the anxiety or whatever it may be. I I think for me, though, with all of those different things, the most unsettling thing is just not knowing what tomorrow's going to look like. It's like, okay, we've kind of wrapped our minds around where we are right now. We're we're locked in the house, and from all the reports that we're hearing, this social distancing thing is working. The curve is flattening. This is kind of, I know what tomorrow's going to look like. It's just, I just can't. What is the future gonna look like? Uh, am I gonna have a job or am I gonna be able to find a job when this is all over? Am I gonna recover or is my loved one gonna recover from? It's the unknown. It's kind of like what's next that just kind of has me thrown off and just caught off guard. In this passage that we were reading, God comes to Abram and he says, Abram, I need you to leave all of your family members that you know. Take your wife, of course, but, but, but leave your aunts and your uncles and your parents. Leave everybody you know and go to a land that I'm going to show you. Now, Mandela, I'm getting in trouble for this, but you're up here with me, so we will get in trouble together. Right now, if God told me to leave my family and to go anywhere just for one day, I'd come back. I just need one day where I'm not around those missions. Please, okay, pray for me. Oh, God, okay, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. Back then, though, for Abram, It was the biggest risk ever, where God said, I need you to leave everything that you know and go to a land. What land, God? I'll tell you when I get there. One of the things that I've discovered about God is he's not really big into details. He's kind of like, hey, go and and, and I'll let you know when you get there. I I have something in store for you. I'm in the midst of this storm. God, when is this pandemic going to end? Silence. God, when am I going to get back on my feet financially? Silence. God, if, am I going to recover from this? Is this relationship ever going to be what I desire to be? God, God if you can just silence. And I've discovered that, that if we're going to be followers of God, if we're going to be anchored in our faith, we're going to have to know what to do with the unknown. Today we're starting a series called Into the Unknown. What do I do when I don't know what the future looks like? What do I do when I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from, when I don't know how this health crisis is going to turn around or this relationship issue or whatever it may be? How do I survive in the midst of the unknown? And I'm telling you, over these next few weeks together, I'm believing that God is going to strengthen us, that he's going to build our faith to the fact that not only are we not intimidated or in, afraid of the unknown, but we're actually going to embrace it because we're going to realize that God does does his best work in the unknown. If you're taking notes, can you can you write this down? And, and just for old destiny church sake, if you love God, write this down. And if you don't love God, you, you really need to write this down. The first thing I want you to write down is this, not knowing requires me to trust him more. When I don't know what the future is going to look like, when I don't know where things are going, when I don't know how it's going to work out, it just requires me to trust God more. I could just can you imagine this conversation between Abram and God where, where Abram's like, okay, let me get this straight. You want me to leave my, my family? God's like, yup. You, you want me to leave all that, that my father has, has passed on to me, all that I've known, all that I'm familiar. You want me to leave all of that? And God's like, yup. And, and, and you're not going to tell me where I'm going. And God is like, Nope. And the only way I'm going to know when I get there is you're going to tell me you're here. And God was like, (laughs) yep. Here's the funny part. And Abram said, and God, you sure you're not going to tell my wife for me? I got to be the one to tell my wife Relief. God's like, nope, that's on you. You God said, listen, you're going to go but I'm not going to give you any more information than that. And here's what happens when we find ourselves in a position where we don't know how things are going to look, how things are going to work out. It requires us to trust God more. And I'm telling you, that's not a bad thing. Look, look what it says about Abram in Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. Watch this. It says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. It says, Abram went. As the Lord had told him, in other words, this is what I want you to understand. Having all the details is not a prerequisite for taking the next step. I don't have to know how it's all going to work out, how it's all going to go before I take the first step. I have to make a decision. I'm going to go based on what God told me. The only problem is to go based on what God told me, I'm actually going to have to lean on God, hear from God, look to God and trust God more than I have ever trusted him in my life. I'll even say it this, I'm not saying that this season and this pandemic is a good thing, but I think if we learn how to trust God more in the midst of this season, God, it would have taken a negative and turned it around for our good. The Bible says this in, in Jeremiah chapter twenty nine eleven. You guys know this passage. It says, "For I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you; plans to give you hope and a future." What am I supposed to do? I'm going to move based on what God said, and I'm going to trust. He said He has plans for me to give me hope and a future. We all, or most of us may know Jeremiah 29, 11. What I find is a lot of people don't know Jeremiah twenty-nine ten. This is what Jeremiah twenty-nine ten says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So if you fast forward in Jeremiah 29, here's what happened. Israel was in captivity in Babylon. They had all these false prophets, and they're walking around saying, hey, we're going to be out of this in two weeks. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is the day you're not going to be in your house staying home. Order is over. It's going to be Mother's Day. It's going to be what? And here's what God said. He said they're false prophets. Nobody knows. He actually said this. He said, sit tight. He said, build houses, have children, give in marriage. He said, pray for the prosperity of Babylon so that you can receive from it. He said, you're going to be here for a while. And I'm not going to give you a whole lot of details. Here's what I'm telling you, though, that I still have good plans for your life, that I'm still going to prosper you and not to harm you. I'm going to give you hope and a future. We have to learn that if God says it's going to end well, I'm going to trust him regardless of not knowing what it's going to look like in the middle. Maybe you've been dating somebody. I'm always picking on the people that are dating, but maybe you've been dating someone for two, three years, or maybe you're single and you're just kind of paralyzed because you're like, man, I don't know if I can make a marriage work. I don't know if it can last. My my parents got a divorce. I've seen different people struggle in their relationship. No, 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 no. Here's what you need to understand. God knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. It's going to work out for your good. And you may not get all the details, but here's what you need to know. God's in control. So I'm taking the next step. I, I, I was talking to, to one of my mentors this week, and, and, and he was saying that for so many people, the reason why the unknown is so paralyzing is because I feel like I'm out of control when I don't know what's coming next. I I feel like I'm out of control because I don't know what my job is going to be like in this situation or or how this person is going to respond or when I'm going to get out of my house. I feel like I'm out of control. And he said, here's the problem with that. He says it's not a mental issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's actually, let, let me put it this way. Playing it safe through life is a spiritual issue because as long as I'm playing it safe, everything is within my control. And if everything is within my control, then I don't have to trust God because I can actually control everything in my own ability. Uh, he, He actually said this. He said, you can't give God glory for something that is within your control. Because if it's within your control, you knew how it was going to work out. Matter of fact, it's probably you who made it work out that way. It's not until we step out of our comfort zone that we're forced to trust God because we can no longer trust in ourselves or the things that we've relied on. The unknown can actually be good because it causes us to trust in God more. The second thing I want you to write down is this. The more I trust, the more life I will experience. So God is telling Abram, hey, you need to come out of your comfort zone. I'm not going to give you a lot of details. I just need to trust me and to know it's going to work out in the end. Imagine if Abram had said, nope, I'm not coming without any more details. Imagine if he had just said, I'm not moving. Imagine how he would have missed out on all that God had for him. I, I had this thought, Sean, when we get to heaven, there's going to be millions of people that say they went to the Maldives. Now, currently, I am not one of those people that will be able to say I've been to the Maldives. But there'll be millions of people that say there'll be millions of people that said they walked on the black sand beaches in Hawaii. Once again, I am not one of the people that will be able to say that I've walked on the black. But there will be millions. There's only two people in heaven that'll be able to say they walked on water. Everybody's been to Maldives. Everybody's been in Hawaii. It's only two people said they could walk on water, Jesus and Peter. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. It wasn't until Peter was willing to step out of his comfort zone that he was able to have an experience that nobody else had. We can't live life in a position where we say, if I don't know how everything is going to turn out, I'm not taking the next step until I get all the details. We can't be there and then complain when we're not experiencing life, and then and then feel like we're missing out or that God's not moving in our life. That God, here's what the Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 10. It says, "The thief, the enemy, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy." In other words, when you do it opposite of God's way, you end up losing out on life. It says, "But Jesus came that I may have life and have that more of." Abundantly. God says, no, no, I came that you would experience life. I came that your experience would be full. But it's not until you decide that you're gonna step out of your comfort zone that you're gonna trust me, that you're actually gonna experience that full life that I am talking about. It says in this passage that Abram went and Lot went. Now Lot wasn't invited. <laughs> But Lot figured, hey, I'm going to stick with Abraham. He's blessed. So Abram went, Lot went. And if you follow the story, even though Lot stepped into the unknown, he was still living life based on what he saw. So they got to a place where, where, where there wasn't enough room in the land for Lot's sheep and servants and for Abram's seat and Abram's servants. So here's what Abram said. He said, you pick where you want to go in this unknown area, and then I'll take what's left over. Now that is opposite to like common mindset. The common mindset is you look for the best and you take the best. Abram said, I'm not gonna look for the best. I'm gonna allow a lot to look for the best and I'll just trust God to make the best of wherever I end up. So Lot looks around and Lot sees that there's an area that that, that it's prosperous and there's grass and all that other good stuff. It it was close to a nation that had turned their back on God, but but Lot said, this is what looks the best, so I'm going to go with what looks the best. And if you follow the story, Lot ended up losing everything, almost losing his own life, because here's what I've realized. You can be in the unknown and still not trust God. You can be in a situation where you don't know what's going on and still make a decision that if I can't see it, I won't believe it. Here's the deal we all up in COVID 19. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are. You're not getting out of this. I, I was on the phone this week with a pastor from Ireland who's, who, who's a part of the art network and getting ready to relaunch his church. And we were kind of talking through that. And then we kind of shifted from church and started talking about society. And, and he said, man, we are locked in our houses in Ireland, just like you guys are all in Maryland and wherever you're kind of viewing. And we're just not quite sure. Look, everybody, everybody's in the same situation. But just because you're in the unknown doesn't mean that you're choosing to trust God. And what you experience, whether it's the abundant life or it's the still kill and destroy is not based on, do you know what's going on? It's based on the fact of, am I going to trust God in this? This may sound strong. You're not the first person to struggle in your marriage. You're not the first person to lose your job. You're not the first person to make it to this season of your life, whether it's 20, 30, 40, 70, 80, 90, or whatever, and things not look the way that you, you're not the first here, and you're going to have to make a decision. Even though I'm in the midst of the unknown, am I going to trust God that because he knows how this is going to end, and he said for me to go, and he said that he'll never leave me, I can trust that it's going to work out, or am I going to be in the midst of this losing my mind? I I was thinking as I became pastor of uh, of Destiny Church, I was 23 uh, at the time, and and I just graduated from the best university on planet Earth, University of Maryland, College Park. Fear the turtle. Man, if this was church, Maryland would have been like, oh, and Howard would have been like, what's so scary about a turtle? But anyway... (laughs) And I remember when, when, when my friends and, and family and different people started to hear that, that, that I was stepping in at 23 and, and becoming the pastor of the church. There, there was two responses from, like, my business school friends. They were like, dude, why would you do that? Like, do you know how much opportunity you're missing by not stepping into the Do you know how much life you're going to miss out on by, by being in the ministry and not building your own thing? People that were even in the ministry and were in in, in kind of my circle, my world, like, well, why would you do that? You're you're, you're too young. You'll never be able to feed your family. There was just this fear all around. I think I had, Mandela, I, I had what they call the spiritual gift of being naive. I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I just figured, hey, what you, you know how they say what you don't know can't kill you? that's not true. What you don't know can kill you. It's a really bad colloquialism. But I just didn't know no better. I was just like, hey, I think this is what God's called me to do from the age of 16. I felt like this is what God's called me to do. I was like, God, I trust you. And I took that step not knowing how it would have turned out. And I am telling you to literally be where I am And to have seen people physically healed of cancer, to see people's ears that they could not hear open, to see thousands of people come to Christ, to see this church reaching the people. I would have never experienced any of this if I had played it safe. I'm telling you, being in the unknown, not knowing how things are going to turn out, it's uneasy, it's unnerving. But if you would just take that step of faith and say, God, I trust you, I don't know how it's going to work out, I can't see it, but God, I trust you. You will experience life in a way that you never thought possible. Matter of fact, I'll say it this way, I'm intentional about not playing it safe. I absolutely feel, this this is what I'm looking for, playing it safe is boring. I I think sometimes, you you know, you got to leave the Holy Spirit to convict people, but I feel like if if I can insult them into conviction, then maybe, like, what kind of life is safe? Like, like, what kind of life is is predictable? What kind of life is I have it all under control and, and I know how it's going to work and it's all within my grasp? What kind of life is that? God said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has in store for us. If you would live that no eye, no mind, no eye, no ear, no life, what, what in the world? No eye, no ear, no mind can conceive. If you would live that type of life, I'm telling you, you will step in to experience that you never could have imagined. But it is greater than anything you can ask, think, or imagine. Sean, you can play. We won't land this play. The first thing is this man, I need to understand that not knowing requires me to trust God more, but that's not a bad thing because the more I trust him, the more life I will experience. And the last thing is this. We really do know. Like, like, Here's the thing about the unknown. And over the next few weeks, as we unpack this message, we're going to talk about how do I maximize this in between season? How do I learn to, to speak in faith? Because I'm telling you, there's a breakthrough that is on the other side of this. I can't preach the whole series, but God gave me a word that he's going to bless us in the middle of it. So many of us are waiting for it to come to an end. I'm telling you, there's a miracle that is going to come to your home in the, that's, that's later on in the week. But, but but here's what we need to understand about the unknown. The unknown is not really as unknown as we thought it is. We actually know how this is going to turn out. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 1 verse 20. This is in the message translation. This is Paul speaking. Paul said, I'm going to keep. That celebration going. Paul is the one that was shipwrecked, that was beaten, that was in prison, that was snake bitten. Paul had been through more storms in one lifetime than we could ever imagine. This is gonna get me in trouble. But if Paul was alive today, we would think that Paul was cursed by God based on all the drama he had been through. I mean, Paul had been through more drama than one life should ever experience, but it wasn't that he was cursed. Matter of fact, it was that God can trust him with the trials, and here's what Paul said. He said, I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's, Mandela, I know how it's going to turn out. Like, I know how it's going to turn out, through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me. All right, I need to slow down. Paul said, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. Everything that God wants to do in you and through you, COVID can't stop it. It will be done. Paul said, I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. Maybe you started a business or you started a ministry or nonprofit or whatever, right before all this kind of struck out and it's come to a screeching halt and you're afraid of being embarrassed. Paul said, I'm not afraid of being embarrassed, not in the least. He said, on the contrary." Everything happening to me, and for Paul, his crisis was that he was in jail. He said, all of this only serves to make Christ more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life. Life versus even more life. Here's what Paul said. He said, I either pick life or more life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Paul said, I have two options, life or more life. Here's how he said it in another translation. He says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, here's the only two options. I'm either going to stay here on the earth and God's going to continue to bless me. It's going to work out for my good. Everything I touch is going to be fruitful or I'm going to pass away and the other side of me passing away is spending eternity in heaven with Christ. Pastor, how are you dealing with the unknown? Now, I don't know if this is going to comfort you or not, but I'll just give you how I'm dealing with it. I'm a worst-case scenario type of guy, and in this season, everybody's terrified of contracting this virus. And why is everybody terrified of contracting this virus? Because we don't want to die. I got life to live. I I, I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to leave my life. I don't want to die. Well, well, here's what happens if I die. If I die, I'm with Jesus. If I die, I, I step into a place where there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no lack. I'm in the presence of my creator forever. I'm sorry you can't threaten me with death. Cause that's a really good option. And here, here's what Paul said. He said, if I live, I'm not just gonna live and suffer. God is gonna bless me. God's promises are gonna come to pass in my life. I'm gonna continue on with fruitful ministry. You don't understand. I win if I stay, I win if I go. All I do is win. If you're a follower of Christ, here on earth is as bad as your life will ever get. The only thing you get to do out of here is graduate to a better life and eternity with Christ. God says, I'll bless you here and you'll step into something that blows your mind on the other. You can't lose. Now I will say there's a, There's a negative side to that. And that's if you're not a Christ follower. That is if you've never put your faith in Jesus. If you find yourself in a position where you're just like, no, I'm going to rely on myself. and No, I don't really want to give God control of my life. I I want to keep control. Here's, Here's the problem with that decision. This life here on earth is as good as it will ever get death is actually a negative thing for you because there's no joy, there's no hope, there's no life on the other side of death there's there's sorrow and isolation so you see here's the key to the unknown it's my proximity to Jesus because if I'm going through it with Jesus, I may not know what's going on but I'm right next to the one that is fully in control That's how I can step into the unknown and be full of faith. Hey, can I pray for you? Father God, we're, God, we're unnerved, but we're grateful. Unnerved because there's so many things that we don't know, but we're grateful because we're not going through it by ourselves. You're with us. God, you promised us that that it's going to work out for our good, that you turn everything for our good. God, we're grateful. Right where you are, with your eyes closed, your head bowed, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment to make this time, to make this this moment personal to you. Maybe you're in the position where you just find yourself overcome by fear and you find out the reason for that is I haven't really put my faith, put put my trust in God. Maybe you're a Christ follower. Maybe you're, you're not a Christian at all, but wherever you find yourself, you just know, I have not trusted God with my life, but I want to. I want to step out of my comfort zone. I want to put my faith in him. If that's you right where you are, you can make that decision now. Can you pray this? Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross so that nothing can separate me from your love. Today, I give you my life. I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and my Savior. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.